Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Hey, what is up? Welcome to the baseball show. I am your host, Rob Fox. I am joined, as always, by Dan Holloway, and we have a very special guest today, former major leaguer Doug Minkiewicz, uh, Red Sox hero or villain? I can... I. I can never. Uh, it depends on uh, what period. You ask. So before the World Series win, or actually at the point of winning it, probably hero, and then right afterwards, uh, maybe a month afterwards, villain. Yeah, right. But it depends. Also, does uh, do Red Sox fans give you shit still about keeping that baseball or what? I won't say Red Sox fans don't. I think most of most of the intelligent ones kind of understand the story by now. But uh, um, I, it was. It just goes to show you, like how you know, lack of a better term, how like once rumors get started, it's hard to stop. Um, and it's, it was, I heard, I've heard a million different scenarios. I've, I'm, I've heard people still run stadium tours at Fenway and they still don't have the story right. So um, it's one of those things that I'm glad they've won a couple since then, but uh, <laughs> it, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was lack of a disaster for a couple months. Yes, it was. Well, you know, that happened. Didn't it happen with uh, the Warriors the second time they won? Uh, the first time, Draymond, I think, threw the ball up in the air after the buzzer went off. Yeah. And then he ran off and celebrated. He was like, fuck, I should have kept that ball. So then you <laughs> see him after they won the second one. He grabbed onto it and ran off the court and protected the ball from everybody. Look, that's the, it's been like that for a thousand years. If you are in possession of the ball when the whistle blows or if you make the last out, you keep the ball. Right. It's been like that forever. Uh, whatever. Unless you're Papelbon and you tell your dog ate it. Oh, and didn't Papelbon get choked out by fucking Bryce Harper anyways? I thought it was the other I way around. It's funny. I oh, was it? pretty hilarious that, that uh, like, people got, like, I got vilified for, you know, not doing anything with it, but they, he got Papelbon's dog ate it. So they would have <laughs> hung the dog from a tree in 04 if that, that would have been. Oh, yeah. If I said my dog ate it. <laughs> Imagine if, like, the Falcons had Tom Brady and he won the Super Bowl with them and then he threw the Lombardi trophy. Right. Like that. And then it went into the water. Yeah. Right. Cause that was a, look, that was, that was a risky move, but that's how I think that's a good analog for how you treat your first child versus how you treat your seventh child. <laughs> like when child seven comes around, you're like, yeah, fuck this kid. <laughs> there you go. Oh, did I just lose you guys. All right. uh, no, you're sorry. Okay. <laughs> Oh fuck yeah! That uh, I, I actually didn't know that about Papa Bond's dog eating his fucking ball. That's really funny. Uh, but yeah, you, your Red Sox. I see you are still uh, still got the Red Sox gear hanging up. Who you got tonight? Red Sox or Yankees? Oh, I don't really care. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I've got friends. I've got friends on both sides, and uh, you know, fans wise, and I kind of like a certain amount of guys on some teams, certain amount of guys on the other team, but. It's. I'm just kind of going to sit back and plead the fifth and just and just watch it. Um, I've been on both sides of this thing, and um, you know, I I don't care who wins this game. Just whoever wins this game better destroy the Rays. The Rays. Yeah, I'm sick of them. You got problem over them. What's, what's the problem with the Rays? They're a fun team. I just. Nah, they're not. The Rays are like that it. dude that you play against in Mortal Kombat, and they keep doing the same combo move over and over and over, <laughs> and you can't stop it. It's annoying as shit. It's like playing the Patriots back in the fucking early 2000s. It's boring as fuck. <laughs> Except for that one year they had Randy Moss. All those Super Bowl victories were boring as shit. We went to one of them against the Rams. It sucked. Well, that was like the worst one there's, ever. There's just some, some, some of the ways they do things that aren't real 
you know, I won't say they break the rules, but they, they sure do bend them a lot on the way up in their minor league system. And I'll leave it at that. Mm. We'll have to investigate. I mean, that I, Kevin Cash is a, Kevin Cash is a good man. He's a, mm. he's a Seminole. So I support him, but <laughs> actually a lot of my, some of my ex players that I had in the minor leagues were on that team last year, a mm. couple of bullpen guys. And I wish them well too. And, but, uh, man, it's, it's, it's just not, it's not, it's, I hope someone beats him. <laughs> uh, I mean, is that something you deal with a lot in the, in the minor leagues running into like, cause you were uh, with the Toledo mud hens, right? The, 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 uh, Tigers the last, triple yeah, my last year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is that something that comes up? Cause like, obviously at the major league level, it seems like, you know, they're more team, you know, you're more team focused. Like I don't like the guys on that team or I like the guys on the team, whatever. Where in the minor league, is it more like that? Typically you're like, Oh, that's a good system or Oh, like, fuck that system that they, they don't they have that. a good they have a good system it's just they, the way they run it is you know a lot of things like i'll give you an example i've managed the a ball double a and triple a and triple a you know having an, enough players to play a triple a game is a huge like advantage because basically you're running games that are basically um you get a phone call from your big league club saying make sure you leave three like so so bill bob and joe make sure you don't use them tonight because they're we might have to use one of the three in the big leagues the next night and yet you're exhausted you don't have a lot of players to play with in the first place so like being able to field a team and get through nine innings is the main focus of triple a baseball uh in some places and uh well Certain organizations, <clears throat> I'm not going to mention names, but they have, they'll have 50, 60 players running around in AAA. So when they lose a couple guys, they automatically have a couple guys they can just choose from. So like, basically, it's a, it's a trickle down effect from your big league club all the way down. It seems nitpicky, but a lot of this, they kind of run their big league team the same way, whereas they don't care who they blow out. You just bring in the next guy, and here we go. And um, it's just it's part of uh, in a minor league sense going up against them it's always like they always have good teams they always have good talent but the same token if you have a surplus of 60 players to choose from and no one ever calls them out on it it's you know it's it's like you're playing against you're, you're playing 16 guys against 60 some nights and it's really it's not it's not the best way to do it and it's like i think for a long time they just turned a blind eye because they were the devil rays but uh you know now all of a sudden you know they're this is just an example I've had to run into a couple. I've ran into them from a ball and I've met a lot of good people that work there. I mean, a couple of managers that I know really well, and I enjoyed uh, playing against them and managing against them. It made me better. But at the same token, you're like, they're almost like we knew each other because we played against each other so many times in Minnesota. We were right next to each other. We're in all three leagues. And then you start to see some stuff that happens year in and year out at the higher levels. And you're like, well, now it's all starting to make sense. <laughs> so I'll get off my high horse now. It's all right. We're all on. We're all high over here, too. <laughs> yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, I hadn't started yet, but, mm. you know, at some point. <clears throat> well, today. look, I don't, I don't like the Rays either because they're just irritating. Uh, but let's talk about teams that actually have a history in Major League Baseball. That is the Red Sox and Yankees. Uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to bet against uh, Garrett Cole. In a in a one game series, which is essentially what this is, that dude is a fucking stud, right? Uh, Correct. 
Nathan Eovaldi, not that there's anything wrong with him. He's actually had pretty decent success against the Yankees this year, I guess. Two, yeah. He's 2-2. Two and two. He's like a 280 batting average against. It's not terrible, but it's not great either. And the Yankees, that's a, that's a murderer's row if there is one, right? I mean, there's no out in that lineup that's easy. No. No, it's a brutal I go, I go back the other way, though. They're like, you get on the they all, – all those guys in the Yankees get on a roll. They're murderer's row. That's true. But if they don't if, – if they're off – they can be a very easily managed managed lineup, in my opinion. They do strike you know, out quite they, a bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's like, you know, at any given second, it can stop. So, mm. um, you know, like I look at, like, the Yankees obviously always have all the, you know, the big names, the judges, the you know, Stantons, and the list goes on and on. You know, and you look at Devers and look at the Red Sox are more, I'd say they look younger almost. The Renfro pickup was huge. Um, J.D. Martinez not being able to play tonight is going to be a huge factor. Um, but then again, it looks like I just saw a thing on the line on and on TV where Eddie Perez looked like it was kind of chilly there, which should help both sides. But you can now always take whatever guys have ever done up to this point and take them and throw them completely out the window. Right. Um, <clears throat> it's in a crazy ballpark that things can happen so fast. Um, you're expecting this, you know, it you could very easily see it zero zero going into yeah. the thirteenth. And you can very easily see it being seven to six going into the third. <laughs> so it's like it's a one game for it all, and that's that's the beauty of baseball. Great though. For, it's beauty of this, but at the same token, it's um, I just think the whole playoff format is whacked. I mean, it's just it's screwed up to the max. I mean, you look at both sides, and whether you're a Yankee fan or a Red Sox fan, it's obviously split down the middle. And then you have your smaller market people that are other teams. Don't get me wrong, but like. Baseball's better when when Boston and New York are in the playoffs mm. and they're not forced to play one game, give or take, and see you later. Uh, you look on the other way, and then you look, and now you got the winner of this game has to play the Rays. So I get it. But you look on the National League side, the Dodgers are in, win 105 games, whatever they won. They got to play a one game playoff to get in. Yeah. And then their reward from winning that is playing the Giants who won 107 games who are in their division. Yeah. So it's like either way you look at it, the Giants are you look at it, go, we won 107 games. And our our first round opponents could be a team that won 105 games. Yeah, for it sure. just doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense. Like they should reseed it and in my opinion, reseed it by record and go from there. I completely I said uh, that earlier this year, actually. I think they should go to like an NBA NHL NHL style reseeding once you go into the playoffs. Who gives a shit what division you're in? That's irrelevant. Like Correct. You, you you go the the top. If you're going to put six teams in, whoever whomever has the top six records, they get seeded by their record and play against each other. Right? So just cut the divisions I mean, out. Yeah. I mean, you can you can keep the divisions, but also after the seasons are with you do it with the best record, right? Yeah. Whoever has the best record gets home for the advantage. Well, there you go. Once everybody wins their division or whatever, you keep the divisions. Go by record. Boom. It still is it is it perfect? No. Is it fair? I think it's more fair than the other way. Um, you know, because obviously some divisions are might not have the top team, but they have a bunch of really good teams, which can mm. affect the record. But at the same token, you don't run into what's happened in the National League where, you know, you have a team that, you know, for example, the Cardinals win whatever 16 or 17 out of 19 or whatever to get in the playoffs. They don't care that it's a one game playoff. And then you have the Dodgers who win, you know, 105 games and they're playing a one game playoff. They could win 105 games and be eliminated in one game. And then you have the Giants waiting for that team. And if it could be the Dodgers, they're playing. You have two teams that combine 212 wins are playing each other 
to get to the next round. It's just something doesn't seem right. But, you know, it's like baseball is always tinkering with it and it's always screwed up. But um, I, I do think the extra wild card race, extra wild card spot was a good idea. It kept so many teams in this thing all the way through the end of September, which was, I think, is a good thing for baseball. But uh, but why not make it a game, three game series instead of one? I mean, you're adding, I mean, you're adding a just a, four more days to the end, end back into the season. Who gives a shit? Well, they are also I, also you're like with a one game series. So with the Dodgers, for example, they have to put Scherzer out there, yeah. which completely butt fucks their rotation for the rest of the, the the playoffs. Basically, regardless of how far they make, and if the if the they get to the World Series and the uh, the AL team has a long series and they have a short one, they can reset like that. But otherwise, they're fucking flip flopped in their rotation for the rest. I, it doesn't make any sense. If it's a three game rotation, yeah. you have time to bring your one guy back, right, for the next series, and that's what you want. You want the best against the best in the playoffs. You don't want to. You don't want to like handicap some team for no apparent reason other than seeding. That doesn't make any sense. You, it doesn't happen in any other sport. Like, yeah, you might have to play on the road or something like that, but it doesn't fuck with your personnel. That's what. That's the problem I have with that. Just that don't makes like sense. it. I, I get it. I mean, again, there ha- there should be some kind of advantage for the team that gets the one seed. Well, they get home field mm-hmm. throughout the playoffs. I get that, but you know, why the Astros get to play the White Sox? <laughs> Yeah. It just doesn't make or like you know you go the other side it's the Brewers and the Braves I think and you're looking at yeah wait the, a minute. the Braves so got out really easy on that one the, that, especially yeah, right. so it changes every year though I mean it sometimes it ha- works that way sometimes it works out it's it works like the seating works out I, I think winning I think there should be something to be said for winning your division for sure uh, because you play I mean if they do the the weighted schedule like they they do now where you play what 23 games against each one of your it's like 18 18 games something, something like that, that yeah. yeah so it. You should get some credit for winning your division, but not so much that you can uh, win. That you could be a one seed technically, or a two or three seed. Like uh, the Braves in Milwaukee are both like what two and three seeds yep. respectively. Yeah. And there's a team that have won ten more games at least than either one of them. That's the four seed. That's the four seed. That doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, you know, should have. I mean, to be fair, like, so were you did you prefer the rule before that kind of benefited your Red Sox in 04, which was uh, you could the number one seed doesn't play the wild card if the wild card's from the same division, right? Because I, I kind of, I mean, I kind of like that just because you don't that way you don't play the same team. Mm. Well, you already play them 19 damn times, and it's right. like really okay, like enough's enough. That's you know, it worked out for us. You could say. But then again, you could say maybe not because you, I, I don't care what anybody says. Yes, we fell behind three nothing, but series change, you know, so quick over mm-hmm. like you you have a different like a, when it's a th- five game series versus a seven, it's completely different. You do things like you do see things differently. I think I don't think for any stretch of the imagination that we would have changed anything. But uh, you know, I just I even think the five game series is a little crazy. I mean, if you're gonna do it. You know, if you're going to have it, you might as well make like a wild card thing two out of three. We play mm-hmm. two out of three all year long. You know, yep. what happens? Like, oh, it's like, but I guess my point is you very easily could have, you know, baseball could be without the Dodgers, the Yankees, or the Red Sox in a postseason. I'm not saying that's because I played for all three of them, but baseball's better when and it has better ratings. The whole business of baseball is better when. The big market teams stay in, the, stay in the race for a long amount of time. Don't get me wrong. Yes, everybody loves – I played for Minnesota. Everybody loves the fact that the Brewers are in. But, like, let's be real. No one really wants to see, uh, you know, a Brewers 
give me somebody from the wants to see a Brewers, you know, Cardinals World Series. Right. Like they don't want to see that. You know, like they or the Brewers um White Sox know, Rays. <laughs> they don't want to see the you know, they you know, just don't want to see that. No. I mean, some people do, those small markets do, but the business side of baseball, they do better when you know the bigger markets. I just it always seems that it works out one one year it works out great. One year it's kind of like, man, this stinks. And you know, I look back, uh, I think there was a couple teams. I think one of my uh, my buddy AJ Przinsky played mm-hmm. on, and the Whites, the Red, the Giants that one year they damn near won hundred games, or they were won ninety nine games. And they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So like you go back even farther, there's plenty of teams that I'm sure back you know back in the early nineties. That won damn near 100 games. And some won 100 well, games. Well, the Giants the won. Season. The Giants won 93 or 103 in 1993, right? Yeah, and the Braves won 104. Yeah, yeah they won 104 right. on the last day of the season. Yeah, and the Giants <laughs> missed the. Playoffs. I think Mike Piazza actually helped us out on that one. Then he hit a home run on the last day of the season against the Giants. I do not recall, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, but that they were 103 and 59. The 1980 Orioles were 162 and didn't make the playoffs. That's happened quite a few times, like 10 times. Yeah, I'm sure those guys would have loved to have the one game playoffs. Don't get, you know for sure? For sure, yeah. But, but um, you know, it's 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 tough. There's, I mean, there's got to be a way. I think there's. I understand that it's, it's there's a lot smarter people than I am that are doing the scheduling. But you know, maybe if you took away some of the, you know, in the division. In the division scheduling, I know it saves on travel, but there's got to be a way we could do it to where you're not having the 105 win, 107 win Giants playing the 105 win Dodgers in a three out of five series. I mean, honestly, yeah. you you want to play you want to play those teams in a five game series because you know if you, you the reason why they won 105 and 107 games because they're str- extremely deep. Yeah, you know you, the five game series you can kind of get on a run and you know a couple breaks here and there and you put somebody away, but the seven game series is a whole different, a whole different animal. Yeah, that's what Bobby Cox used to say. He goes, "Forget about individual games. Focus on winning series during the season, right. and you'll find that by the end of the season, you've won about sixty percent of your games, which is plenty." Yeah, you know what I mean. That's playoff yeah. every time. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's. I want to go before we get into the Red Sox stuff. I want to go back into history a little bit because you mentioned Florida State. I think you played in one of the golden ages of college baseball. One of my favorite. I mean, I was growing up then. Obviously, we were both growing up then. Uh, but the nineties in college baseball was fucking ridiculous, especially the ACC. There was so much talent like that Georgia tech team with Veritech and Jay Payton and, uh, Nomar Garcia Parra. Like, holy yeah. shit. And then you got you and JD drew on the same team like that. Yep. Th- th- this is, uh, who else? Let's see. Duke. Paul had, Wilson. Yeah. Paul Wilson. Yeah, Paul Wilson was the number one pick. Uh, Clemson um, had Billy Koch and, uh, Chris Benson and that Monahan kid and a couple others. Yep. Matt LaCroix played on uh, one of those teams. Matt uh, LaCroix, yeah, David Miller. Miller, yeah, the first uh, baseman. He was a first yeah. rounder for the Indians. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Wake Forest had um, Wagner. Oh, yeah. Uh, kid, first rounder for somebody. He threw a billion miles an hour lefty. He was Billy probably Wagner. the scariest lefty. Billy, I, it wasn't the one from the I think Astros, it was the Pirates. Didn't they draft him? I, he, he, he was nasty. He was, he was not a fun at bat. But, yeah, up and down. <laughs> Um, Duke had a couple kids that were you know, Scott Schoenweiss. Yeah, Schoenweiss uh, is like the best lefty specialist of all time. Basically, was on that. And Duke he was team. really good in college, and he battled testicular cancer yeah. through college. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty. But like, it wasn't just the ACC, right? Team. I mean, like when, yeah, when you guys SEC win the College had, World Series, fucking Mark Kotze was out at Fullerton, and uh, with mm-hmm. Phil Nevin and uh, Darren Dreifert won eleven games and hit twenty-two home runs in college. I, I think people forget yeah. about that. Uh, Todd I, Walker was a beast. Yeah, Todd LSU. Walker. Yeah, he went. He went um, to Pittsburgh too, didn't he? 
He was in Minnesota first. Yeah. And then, uh, and then had Russ Johnson, another first rounder. I mean, it was, that was a fun, we lost to actually, we lost to that Georgia tech team in the uh, college World series. They were killers. They were killers. That, that uh, Jay Payton went on to play for the Mets, I think for a while, but I mean, if you want to talk about nineties college world series or college players, the goat is probably Tim Hudson, arguably. Yeah, he had he had some pretty good years he was there. A, he, didn't he, he was play a, center field too? Yeah, I mean he was like Shohei Otani mm. of uh, college baseball a little bit. He had eighteen home runs, an ER sub three ERA. Yeah. Like he was. Well, I'm pretty sure Darren Dreifert at uh, I think he played for Wichita State. He had like a two forty eight ERA, two forty eight mm-hmm. ERA, and and eleven wins yeah. and twenty two home runs. I don't know how many RBI, but he fucking raked. Um, w- w- I'm trying to think. We had we I had three first rounders in our rotation. Actually, four. I think. But Paul Wilson was the first pick. Mm. Uh, Jonathan Johnson was a seventh pick with the with the Rangers in '95. David Yoakum was like a 20th pick of the Dodgers. Oh, Yoakum, yeah, I forgot and, about that guy. Uh, Shit. Um, who am I leaving out? And John Wazen was a first mm. rounder for the A's in '93. So, um, you know, we had, like I said, it was it was a fun time. That that Georgia Tech team, I think we beat them, I think four or five times that year, mm. and then they beat us in Omaha. But uh, I'll never forget Paul Wilson throwing 100 miles an hour back when 100 was legit 100. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> first pitch was 99. You're geared up for a fastball. Paul Wilson threw a first pitch slider to Nomar Garcia Parra, and Nomar hit the first pitch over the center field fence. And I was like, this is just – these two kids right here, these guys are different. Yeah. Like, these guys are just – there's us and then there's mortal there's the immortals yeah. those two are immortals like that's just not normal and it was it was a fun it was a fun time to be in the acc and a fun time to play college baseball yeah there were a bunch of i mean i i actually i think it was the 94 either 94 or 95 acc championship my i faked a sickness to go watch the entire series. I watched every single so, game. Like my dad was cool with it. He's like, yeah, it's fine. I don't give a shit. Like school's stupid anyways. What do you need school for? Which was kind of ironic because I was going to watch student athletes play baseball. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, that was, those were the, maybe it's just because that's when I was growing up. I don't know. But I don't, I'd look at uh, all the guys coming out now, like the, the best players in baseball right now, the best young players, people like Ronald Acuna and Tatis Jr. and Vlad Jr. and all these guys. Uh, what what's their college experience? You know what I mean. Those those yeah. guys just aren't going to college anymore. I mean the the college uh, college players are there's still a ton getting drafted up high. Uh, I think Lighters more, kid. There's number more. One this there's year. more pitchers coming out of college now these days. Yeah. Th- that are like almost major league baseball ready than I think I've seen in a long time. And I don't know if that's like a trickle down of of the system of taking care of pitchers' arms because it's become. I don't know. I, I'm kind of more of the old school mentality. M- Nolan Ryan used to say that your arm will rust before it wears out, and I kind of agree with him. You know what I mean? He's the first guy to get in the weight room with that weirdo Tom House guy. Uh, he, that guy looks like a predator to me. I'm not gonna lie, uh, but he did a he did a good job with the Rangers pitching staff for a while. Uh, but I, yeah, there's a lot of dudes that are coming out of college ready to pitch now. Yeah, but I think batting. What let, let's what is it like managing and try aside from the personnel issues? What's the difference between double A AA and triple A, and the difference between triple A and the major league base and major league baseball? I would think the jump the jump for me like double A AA to triple A wasn't that great, but the jump from triple A to the big leagues is significant. Mm. Um, it's double A triple A. You're kind of basically you're getting the guys that are maybe a little bit older. I've been around a while. Um, you'll get that veteran. A good example of my Mudhens teams I had in Toledo. My first year managing there, I had a bunch of like a, a more older guys that are more AAA guys that have been around the block. Super like really good hitters. Just 
would tear up like a young kid coming up. <laughs> um, they just like to play and, you know, they might've had a, a cup of coffee in the big leagues or have a reason why they can't stay or why they couldn't stay up there. But as far as hitting, they could go up there and, and do really well. We just didn't have a spot for them. Right. And then the next year I had a bunch of like organizational guys, like they were better prospects, mm-hmm. so to speak, but they were younger and they were just getting to the AAA level and the older guys just wore them out. Right. Um, they had trouble making adjustments and, and they will in due time, but it's a tough league where you're kind of, it changed a little bit. I think it changed in the fact that like as a player, when I came up through the system, the AAA was, you knew you were getting an occasional guy that was on his way up, but most of the guys were older veteran guys who were crafty, knew how to get people out. And you learned pretty much how to hit a, you learned how to like survive as far as breaking balls and mm-hmm. fastball counts and pitching backwards. And, and now it's more of, uh, you know, everybody throws a hundred supposedly and, and you know, we got to get it ready. But the jump from AAA to the big leagues, it's the biggest jump in professional sports, in my opinion. Um, well, I remember I had a couple of kids come go from double A to the big leagues and spot starts. And I'll never forget this. It was Tyler Duffy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had him. He's in Minnesota. He's in their bullpen now. And great kid, great stuff, tremendous competitor. And he got the call because we had some injuries in AAA. Long story short, Duffy's going up the triple A, going up to the big leagues to pitch against the Blue Jays back when they had Batista and Donaldson and yeah, oof, Jesus you know, Christ. all those guys. So, <laughs> and I was in, we were, our team was in like Jackson, uh, Tennessee, and we got rained out. And as we were getting ready to leave, they're all, my whole team was going to Buffalo Wild Wings. And I said, <laughs> make sure you get there early. The game's at seven. Don't come at 745. Like, be early. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, just be there early. And knowing what I know as a hitter and, you know, at times he had, he tended to tip his change up a few times. Uh, and I tried to warn him about it. Long story short, he was throwing really good pitches and Batista and Donaldson were hitting balls off the restaurant, off the hotel. <laughs> and, you know, I, I saw my guys, the rest of the guys in the hotel lobby on the, after the game. And they came up to me like, wow, like you weren't kidding. Like I go, you think I made it up that the guys in the big leagues just know how to really hit or you just mm. you know, like it's change tips to change up. So like they, in a, within an inning, they figured him out and, you know, bless his heart. He came back down and said the same thing to me. And I'm like, well, now we go. Now you know what to expect. But so you basically, the, you, you nuked Luke him or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. You told you tried to tell him like everybody throws 90 in the show, dude, you gotta, you know, you, it's, you gotta, it takes more than that to beat these guys. They just they, until and I always say this as a as a player development guy, so to speak. Until they see it with their own eyes, you're just the Charlie Brown teacher on a chalkboard. Mm. Like yeah. until they go up there and get their brains beat in one time, or they see it for the first time, or you know, you know, I remember facing Tyler Glass now in A ball, and he was tipping pitches back then, mm. and you know, it's like I tell my A ball guys and. You'll sit there in front of the like coaching third base and you whisper the pitch to the guys in the dugout if they don't believe you. And you read off 15, 16, 17 pitches in a row and they still think you're just guessing. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember watching it with my girlfriend, the, the, the playoff game he threw in the Astros when the Astros had him and he played when he pitched for the Rays. I was going, they have his, they have his pitches. And voila, the next thing you know, you find out, well, he, his glove was too high. It's little things like that that they don't think you really understand or they think it doesn't make a difference. 
Well, now you have guys that not only study that stuff, look for that stuff and know how to use it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's the type of stuff that the different stuff that you leave a ball over the middle of the plate in the big leagues mm. more times than not, it's going to get hammered. Yeah, yeah. You do it in AAA, you might get away with it a few times, but it's a little bit, it's a different animal. It's a, you know, guys that hit third and AAA might hit eighth or ninth in the big leagues if they get there. So right. it's, um, you know, it's a, there's a reason why there is a lot of guys that are called four a guys. They might have the talent to do it, but like the difference, biggest jump is mentally. Right. Um, you got to be able to do it seven days a week. And regardless of how, what happened the night before, a lot of guys are actually more talented in AAA physically, mm. but they just can't handle the mental grind of being able to do it day in, day out. I mean, that's kind of the, make adjustments. That's kind of the Billy Bean story, right? Like he had, he was a five tool, like a legit five tool guy back yeah. in the day when that really meant something too. Now, just for the fans' sake, when he says, uh, when it was a real 100 miles per hour, there's two different kinds of guns. There's the jugs gun and then the speed gun. The speed gun measures the ball coming out of your hand, yeah. right? And the jugs gun measures the, the velocity when it crosses the plate. And they're usually disparate, mm -hmm. three or four miles per hour apart, right? Yeah. Uh, and also, the, the ones they put up on the scoreboard, that shit's never real. <laughs> like this, dudes right. aren't throwing 106 miles per hour all of a sudden out of nowhere. It's right. not real. The old ray gun back when yeah. I was going to high school and college, if you hit 94 on the ray gun, you were absolutely bringing – if you hit 91 on the ray gun, it was absolutely like I, – like I, I, I thought Billy Ripken did a great piece on, um, on MLB Network about watching – he had people – he had his, the people at MLB Network side-by-side -side videotapes of, you know, Pedro, Randy, mm. Johnson, those guys, whoever were through hard back in – in that that era or whatever and then they had the guys side by side and they had the rate the gun saying pedro was like 94 and this was 99 and pedro's ball hit the catcher's mitt first yeah. before the other guys and it's like well yeah again i i and it, that's the hard part too and you know pro ball now a lot of people that are doing it are you know sabermetrics guys and guys that never really played and and you know but like, well, they throw harder now, Doug, or they, that was like, that was a lot of their answers. And I'm like, well, not really. Cause like I'm sitting here watching with my own eyes and I've seen fastballs enough in my whole life to understand what looks like what's a hundred and what's not, mm. that's not a hundred. And, you know, in my, uh, you know, I don't care what the pitchers throw and how like the velocity is better. If a hitter sees 94 every single day, it's not really 94 anymore. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like if I walked up to you and smacked you in the face and took two steps back and smacked you again and took two steps back and went to smack you again, you're either a on the third time or you're going to move your head or smack me first. Well, that's <laughs> what hitting is. I mean, if it's like, if you keep doing the same mistake over and over again, you see 94 every day. It's not really 94, whether it's 88 or 95 hitters adjust, they it becomes the norm. So everybody throwing hard by now shouldn't be any different. It should be the exact same thing. And it, it, it's, and like you fight, you just realize just, you kind of just caved like, yeah, you're right. No one threw hard when I played. You know, <laughs> no, nobody. Like it was all, you know, Pedro threw 80. Yeah. You know, Randy Johnson threw 90. Maddox you know, was like, actually throwing okay. underhand the yeah. whole time. Right. Maddox was a slow pitch softball. Like it's like, you know, it's uh, right. You guys, was, everything's better now. You well, know, he's not. Um, Maddox is, he might be the best uh, example of a guy that played four dimensional chess before anybody else is really doing it. 
I think all I think a lot of people now in the in the metrics era are trying to replicate what he did. Obviously, not even close to his levels of success, which is pretty funny because he was doing it with grainy film right. that you had to rewind. Like you couldn't just click on a link and it brought yeah, up yeah, that yeah. bat. Uh, but maybe because he's autistic as well, yeah, uh, or as Aspergers or some shit, uh, he he appears to. But he like he wouldn't you wouldn't see the same pitch twice in a season from that guy sometimes in the same location it's i i I don't know how he kept up with all of it to be honest because unless you've got like a stat sheet or maybe he had the elon musk brain implant or some (laughs) shit i don't know what he could do with a baseball is is a lot more uh, amazing is a better word Mm. is a lot is a lot more incredible than someone some other guy picking up a ball and throwing it 101 right i mean it was just constant like the ball never did the same thing twice. And it's like one time it would come at you. The next time it would, you know, next time it would come back over the plate. One time it would go India. And you're just like, really, man, like this is a baseball. Like, how are you getting to yeah. do this? Well, he, like, I this met him when not normal. Hey, Doug, real quick. We got to get into some ads. They, uh, they pay for us to uh, do this and talk to you instead of have a real job. So uh, we're going to get into that and then we'll get back to you. Uh, first up, we got our sports show, so we got to talk about our favorite place to gamble. That is my bookie. Winning winning season is rolling at my bookie, and this week entries are now open for the winner take all Super Bowl contest. Uh, my bookie is the only sports book that offers online super contests, so you can't miss out on this exclusive promotion. Enter now and turn ten dollars into ten thousand uh, dollars. Weeks five through eight, make five picks against the spread, get them right earn points, and rise up the standings to take home the $10,000 grand prize. Uh, the, backer, uh, the Packers, Bucks, Titans, Vikings, and Ravens, boom, pick them. You're already set to go. Uh, those are kind of good picks for this week, I think. Um, and, you know, if you need as if you needed another reason to head to mybookie.ag to celebrate the start of the MLB playoffs, uh, mybookie is hosting a $20,000 blackjack tournament that is absolutely free to enter. Winning season is here. So get in the game and get to mybookie.ag now. Use my promo code, uh, Bros. That's the promo code for the show. And when you make your first deposit at mybookie, you'll receive double your deposit. That's promo code Bros. so you can double your funds uh, to double your winnings. And by the way, another bet real quick that I think you should make on mybookie, uh, sprinkle that Cardinals money line against the Dodgers. They're two to one, uh, they're two to one underdogs right now. Uh, I, I think it's a good, if you got the, some money to spare, I think that's a good bet. Uh, it's a coin toss of a game. I, I like Adam Wainwright a lot. Uh, but anyway, yeah, my bookie, do it there. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Next up, we got Killcliff CBD. Yeah, I drink that shit every night. We drink. I drink all their shit every day, actually. The Ignite during the day. Then I drink the Killcliff CBD at night. Big fan of it. If you use Drinking Bros on killcliff.com, the code Drinking Bros, you get a 20% off anything you buy in the store anyway. So go there, buy. I would especially load up on the CBD. Now it's getting to the end of quarter four, and quarter four is when uh, about 45% of all purchases online are made in the fourth quarter of every year. So with the problems that everybody's having with shipping and shit like that and USPS saying it's going to blah, blah, blah now, <laughs> I would go ahead and load up for the rest of the, uh, for the winter with, with both Ignite and, uh, and uh, the uh, CBD drink. And, and they, if you like, they get the new, they have the recovery too, which I like if you're a workout person. Yeah. But primarily those are the ones I drink. And I would go ahead and start stocking them now. They've got the Flaming Joe, which is their most popular one back in stock now. So don't fuck around. It's good. Because you will find out. We, we love both of them. And they run out. 
because they're popular. They do, yeah. So they I just would, they a few uh, about a month ago they signed the largest CBD art ready to drink distribution deal in the history of distribution. Yeah, right. So like literally sixty five thousand locations or something like that. So uh, the CBD is going to go out wide here pretty soon. You're not going to be able to get a discount in that store, but you can with us. It's free shipping plus twenty percent off. You're not going to get that in the store. Boom. One more. Yeah. Ghost bed. Well, you know ghost bed. We all know ghost. Ghost bed. bed's ghost bed, man. You can't really say too much about it. Uh, I just that's why whenever people ask me about it, I'm like, just go look at the reviews. No shit. Just go right. read them because you're going to get 80% of them are going to be some uh, retarded Drinking Bros fan be like, I got eight sluts pregnant on this bed or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, honestly, he probably did. <laughs> Not going to lie. He probably did. Uh, but the other ones are going to be like, I had, uh, there was some kind of issue and they took care of it within, within less than 24 hours. That's the one that I like to see. Yeah. Because we all know the products are good. We've been working with them for five years now. But it's when companies hit a certain level, like being in Costco, for example, sometimes their customer service plateaus. Right. No, you can go to drink or uh, go they to get Ghost fuck Bed. you money. Yeah, they get fuck you money. You go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros, use the code drinker bros on that site. You're going to get 30% off the whole site forever just for being a legacy partner with us. And I believe they're still running their flash sale. Yeah, the bundle. If you get a, if you get a uh, adjustable base with your mattress, and then everything else you get with that, those two items, 40% off, right? You're not going to get deals like this in the store. Right. It's already a super good value of a mattress, like in general, and then they're giving you almost half off. Uh, and if you need to finance it, you can do that too. It's only like $35 a month, zero down, 0% on the financing, and uh, doesn't take a uh, Jeff Bezos type of credit score to, uh, to get it either. It's, no. uh, they'll sell it to pretty much anyone. They just yeah. want you to sleep well. You can do what you want. This is America. Goddamn right. right. All right. Sorry about that, Doug. Let's get back to it. I met him when I was a kid, and he was explaining to me, like, the pitching rubber, how if he, like, it, he stands where he stands on the rubber, and then where he lands out in front of it, there's about a four-inch uh, spot. And if he's going to be, if he's, gonna, if he's throwing inside, he lands a little bit right over here, and it's like an inch difference. He lands right here, and if it's inside, it's over here. I'm like, how do you even keep up with it? He goes, well, then you, you know, put pressure on different things. If I want the ball to cut then I'm going to put pressure on my middle finger. If I wanted to ride in on the, on the right-hander, I'm going to put pressure on my right finger. So like, that's three different landing positions and two different pressures. So just with your two-seam fastball, that's six different pitches you can throw, not including the speed at which you throw the ball. Right. So when you say a guy's got four pitches he can locate, no, Maddox had like fucking 30 pitches he could locate. Yeah. Which is, how do you hit that? You know what I mean? It's, it's impossible. I don't, we, I, we still haven't seen a guy like him. Everybody just wants to throw hard now. Yeah, no. I mean, that's, I, so is that like a is that kind of the emphasis in minor league baseball now? I, like, obviously, velocity is the primary emphasis. Uh, but has have they kind of like completely abandoned location? The only other thing I could think of, like, it feels like a change up is an afterthought. The only other thing they might care about is just like explosive. The movement. slider. People like yeah. the slider. These well, days. I mean, they they do. They still the lower levels. You still try to do. Uh, you you kind of have like prerequisites for moving up right you know low a ball it's you know can he command the fastball can he command the running game can he you know can he throw can he throw can he throw a strike from the slide step or mm-hmm. you know whether it's a, you know we're fastball changeup or fastball slider can he throw a slider for a strike and you kind of have parameters all the way up they definitely rush them now to where it's okay well you know he throws it can he throw it by people yes but eventually they're not, that's not going to get thrown by somebody at the next level. Like you're going to have to learn how to throw 
Uh, to me, it's like it's not so much the velocity that 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 has made a difference. It's they're they're throwing breaking balls in fastball counts more than they have before, mm-hmm. and that's and to me, without getting long and involved, I think hitters have changed their swings to allow velocity to be good again. When you know, and it's what's the three true started, outcomes, right? Like it's yeah, it's like you know what I always said this about even when I was playing. I always said this about Billy Miller. I said, nobody wanted Billy Miller from April through September, but everybody wanted Billy Miller in October. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, how you, you know, how you change this, you start paying, you know, David Eckstein and Billy Miller, $25 million yeah. a year. Or you Craig, know, Craig like, council who showed up on like three consecutive fucking world series teams. Yeah. You and, just play, you yeah. play that you pay the guys that do it the right way. Not to say the other guys don't, and don't get me wrong. We all like, trust me, the superstars will always be the superstars, but you know, I mean, like start giving something up for guys to have a high average again and make it, you know, you don't blame the players. The players are giving, you know, giving the people that are their bosses what they want. They want nothing but homers and punch outs. They don't <laughs> care. Well, you know, everybody blames the players. It's not the player's fault. You know, you want to, I said, you want to change that? And I've been saying this for years because I couldn't hit it over the fence. So <laughs> I was always like, hey, man, like, pay, you know, you really, but no one wants to watch that. You know, they, no. and now they're starting to see that, Hey, you got to put the ball in play more. I'm like, look at it now. I mean, the I just saw a thing the other day that the average time of the game was worse this year than it was the years before. I'm like, well, yeah, well, you know, all these crazy changes and not a lot of mm. pitching changes, and you got to face three hitters. And well, at the end of the day, when you put the ball in play, you have movement. If you sit yep. there and it's, it's either a walk, a strikeout, or a homer, there's only that's like you have to reward. And to me, everybody keeps saying. And this is what I've fought, you know, even with the organizations I worked for, you know, they're like, well, it's the average is hard to do now. I'm like, well, actually, it's never been easier, in my opinion, because, you know, some players are getting half the field. And don't get me wrong. I know how hard it is to hit a 100 mile fastball (laughs) that's located inside the other way. But I've seen plenty of fastballs that have been outside or balls that you can go the other way on. And you just refuse not to. So it's like, which again, I don't blame the players because they're not getting paid to hit a single to left field. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, I always take the I always take the the adage in the game of baseball: if you take what the game gives you at the given moment, you can you'll rarely be wrong. Mm. And if you look around, you know what's the definition of insanity? You know what the definition of insanity is? Mm. Keep trying to hit a ball to the right side of the field when there's four guys standing there. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you know, you know, that's the definition of insanity. Well, you know what? Hey, do I want Bryce Harper trying to, you know, lay down a bunt down the third baseline? No. Well, but maybe if token, Juan Soto's hitting behind him, right? <laughs> right. You know, but he, you know, but then again, you know, Bryce is to me is a good example because he can drive, he drives the ball all parts of the field. Right. You know, he can go ahead and do that. Well, sometimes, you know, it's like it's in his like his defense if he tries to stay on a fastball way and maybe flies out the left just trying to get on base people are going why didn't you know he's got to be trying to drive the ball over the fence he's not trying to get on base yeah but you can't have it both ways you can't crucify the guy for you know having the whole left side of the field not trying to to get on base for his team and then you know you know say he doesn't do it so I, i get why the players don't do it but to me it's an industry problem it's not a player problem if the industry made an importance of you know what, let's get back to the game the way it should be played, um, you know, because you're always going to have guys that can hit it over the fence, right? Mm. You can all, you're always going to have those guys. You're always going to have your five-tool, elite, you know, 
Mike Trouts of the world. You're always going to have those guys. But, you know, I look back to, you know, David, Manny, those guys hit 300 and did those and did damage. You know, like uh, there were uh, a lot of guys that I played with and against that were the king of uh, could could have very easily done 210 and 35 in the big leagues. And I'm sure they're at home going, you've got to be kidding me. I was born at <laughs> the wrong time. Yeah. You know, it's like so. I mean, uh, it's, uh, Chipper it's said a, that uh, Chipper said that a couple of years when he was still playing. He was like, I mean, like and this was in um, late stage of his career when he was. Yeah. I mean, that, he, that, he was, that 04 year, he had what, 360 or whatever. But uh, it was 08. 08. Okay, and, but yeah. he, he said he was like, I mean, I could. But he was only hitting like 18 to 20 home runs at that point. And he was like, right. I mean, I could hit 40 home runs if I wanted to, mm. but I'd be hitting like 230. Right. Um, and yeah, that's it's, right. I, I don't doubt it. I mean, if he, he could have probably hit 40 and hit 180. You right. Know, it's like, you know, he, those guys have a knack of time, but they didn't. You know, only f- just chose to be this, the, you know, the best all around hitter. To your point, only five guys in Major League Baseball hit 30 home runs and hit 300 this year. Only five. Only five. Yep. And I know Trey Turner didn't hit 30 home runs, but he spent time on the IL, so he probably would have joined Maybe, that yeah. list. But that's that's pretty fucking nuts. Who's another, did Max Muncy hit 300? Uh, let's see. I'll tell no. you who they were. Um, one of them was Juan. Well, Juan Soto had twenty nine. He was close, he but he that dude is. He, he spent time on the aisle too. Yeah, yeah. He would he would have hit thirty. Uh, but uh, Freddie, don't Fre- get me started on the ball. <laughs> Fre- <laughs> Freddie, the ball's way different. Freddie Freeman, no shit. I, do you like how before last season they were like, look, the ball's not juiced. Everybody relax. And then before this season, it's like, hey, we deaden the ball a little <laughs> bit, so everybody relax. Like, which one of those things happened, asshole? Well, the biggest, like I said, I go back to like the, my Mudhens team, my AAA team, the first year I managed in AAA, we had the old minor league ball. Mm. If I would have had that team I had that year, the next year, then the next year they went to the big league balls that they used that were like super rubber. They were like lacrosse balls with seams on them. Um, <laughs> And if I would have had the team I had the first year with the with the big league balls, we'd have broke every AAA record for hitting. In the, I mean, it was crazy. It was, and I, I, I we to the point where I had um, Mike Hessman was my hitting coach, and he has the Hessman's most a brave. He's like, he's, yeah, he's the whole. He, was, he has the most home runs in minor league. Yep. To the point where like he wanted to hit like three days a week because he was like, let me hit these balls. Like, seriously, though, like, Hess. <laughs> Just made it feel good, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to have any left. I'm like, oh, you can still hit them out. You're going to hit out a tic-tac, okay? Like, you can, you know, now you hit these balls, but you could totally tell. I was like, I would sit there and be like, you got to be kidding me. They're, they're like making people just shut their mouth. Like, when I see, you know, middle infitters going, you know, oppo gap, like it's like it's nothing. It's like, you know, like you could knock the bat out of their hands in AAA the year before. You're like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, timeout. Yeah, like like, like Dansby Swanson like, hit twenty nine home runs this year, twenty eight, I think. Yeah, that's it seems like a lot for him to be honest. Uh, so three hundred with thirty home runs. Freddie Freeman, obviously Austin Riley, another guy from the Braves, uh, who's fucking great. He's a really good player. He's really good all the way up. Yeah. I had I had they had him Acuna mm. and uh, Albies, Albies on the same the same, time. A ball, same A ball team. Yeah, which was really that's, awesome. That's not fair. <laughs> uh, let's see, Castellanos from Cincinnati who had a great year. Uh, Harper and the, the only other one is fucking Vlad Jr. Who, uh, not bad. He has a violent swing. Yeah, it's it's frightening. I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to throw him batting practice because if you leave any kind of appendage hanging out over the arm window, yeah. he's going to knock that shit off. I'll go one better. They had I had that same year. I had Acuna, Riley, all those guys, and, mm. and when they were with the Braves, I had I managed against Guerrero, mm. uh, 
what's Biggio mm. and, uh, and uh, Bichette, Bichette yeah. at shortstop. Yeah. And it's like an A ball. You're like, all men were not created equal. Well, since like, you're talking, to, absolutely. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're, they're all having good success too. Since you, <laughs> since we're talking about young guys and you, uh, obviously you like Austin Riley, he's one of the more, uh, quiet young guys. I think Acuna is mm-hmm. probably somewhere in between. He and Albies have fun on the field together, but yeah. uh, Acuna doesn't like do a lot of the bat flip stuff. Now, some of these other guys, you mentioned Batista and Donaldson. Uh, some of these other guys have been criticized quite a bit, especially uh, uh, Tatis for some yeah. reason. I don't know why. Uh, but this isn't, I bring up Donaldson and Batista because this shit isn't new. Like, people have been celebrating home runs since people have been hitting home runs. J- Babe Ruth, the most famous home, runner, home run hitter of all time, allegedly in the World Series, said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm hitting it out there. <laughs> so it's not like this gamesmanship is new. You know what I mean? Right. And it, but the, the old school way is there's a price to pay for that. Like, if you do that, as soon as I get a chance, I'm fucking drilling you. Well, see, that's the thing I think, too, is, look, you're absolutely right. People pimped home runs. It's never, it's, it's been so long ago. It always happens. You hit one. I mean, I threw the bat twice in the air in the Olympics. Yeah. I, I threw the bat so high. If it came down, <laughs> I hit somebody in the head, it would have killed them. But like, you know, I mean, I, I if they're big, important ones. Yeah. I, I, I never really had a problem with Batista's. It was mm. a little excessive. Don't get me wrong. But like the situation he had, the one in the playoffs, yeah, like yeah. there is so much emotion going on. Like, okay. Like. And I get the hitter's perspective that, hey, if the pitcher's going to fist pump me, well, guess what? Right. You know, when I get you, I'm going to get you. But it's also, so, I feel, um, it's a lot of pent up emotion too, right? Because it's not like a, you're not like a football player, basketball player. We celebrate where you're, every play, yeah. Or where you're running or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Like you're constantly moving. Like you're kind of a lot more still as a hitter yeah, and I'm, a lot more focused. If you than, celebrate a home run the same way a guy celebrates a tackle in the NFL, you would get hit every other time you came up to bat. <laughs> I just, I mean, there's everything. I think every situation is different. I mean, it's, you're right. It's not like basketball or football where, like, you're running down the court or, like, you're running down the field. The play's over. Guess what? You're lined up in front of the guy again in, in 30 seconds where you can go ahead and get him back. Well, I don't have a I, – I was always – if you have a problem with it, do it now. Like, if you have a problem – like, don't – none of this, like, oh, well, last year. This is for last year because right, of the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. You had a home run. It's like – Dude, let it go, man. Last year's like last year's over. Like, yeah, you can't that, really fix that's, that. That's a more professional way to go about it. You have a window, and if the guy comes up that you want to hit, and there's two dudes on base already, sorry, you just don't get to hit him. You got to right. do. You got to strike him out now and get your revenge that way. I guess. I mean, or don't let. If that's the case, don't let the situation. Like, if you really, if you really, if you feel that strongly about it, yeah. I mean, that sure, that sure would make a point base. if you throw at a guy with a base is loaded. Base is loaded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't care. You know, it's like it's to the point where if you feel that way, don't sit around and wait for the right situation. Mm. Like, if you want to make a stand, make a stand, make a point, be done with it. How, ma- how many, yeah. I wonder how many players, I mean, look, I, I don't know of a lot of careers that have been ended unintentionally hitting the guy. Right, intentionally, like Kirby Puckett got beaned, but that was that was clearly not intentional, and that fucked his. He got glaucoma and then uh, had some other issues after that. But I I can't think of a whole lot of players' careers that were ended by hit by pitch, because you if you let the game police itself, it's like free market economics. If you let the game police itself, it'll satisfy its need for vengeance or justice at the lowest possible level. That's how that works, right? 
Amen to that. That's I've been saying that for years. You, when you took the when you took the ability for the game of the police itself, mm. we got more problems than we've ever had. Yeah, for sure. And if you look at that in the in the situations in Boston with uh, Cora to some degree, I don't know what his level of involvement was, but then the Astros with all the cheating shit. The fact that Major League Baseball didn't suspend any of the players or came out and said if you try to target Astros players or whomever else, you're going to get suspended. That was a huge fucking mistake. It was a huge mistake. Now that that's and animosity is going to run years deep when it could have ended right there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like suspend those guys or whatever you, whatever you low want to key, do. It's low-key getting uh, fans' asses kicked, as we saw a couple yeah, weeks ago yeah. when, the, when the Astros <laughs> went to uh, L.A. Which is pretty, a, pretty funny. It uh, is. You know, that was I, a fucking war zone. I like seeing fans fight in the stands, as long as it's relatively... So, look, I, I, I know I'm from the South, so a fight being civil, that's a real thing, right? Yeah. You just meet in the field somewhere and beat the shit out of each other and then go home and keep your mouth shut. That's, that's kind of how everybody around me grew up. Uh, people didn't go back and go to their mattresses or go call their parents or some shit. Yeah. Like, you get your ass kicked. That's, it's not the end of the life. world. It's not the end of the as world. As growing up. Like, everybody gets their ass kicked every now and again, especially Robin Ventura, right? <laughs> uh, don't charge the mount on Nolan Ryan, asshole. So we talked about some of those great two-way players in college. I wanted to circle back and ask you what you thought about Otani and what his historical relevance is right now. I mean, I, we, obviously, we haven't seen anything like this before. Not it's crazy. Uh, you can't. You can't. You can't put. A, I mean, you just said it. But you can't. There's nothing to compare it to. Um, if he was just a one-way player, you're talking about uh, and at least an all-star, right? Yeah. I mean, a perennial all-star mm. with you know Cy Young numbers. You take away the pitching, he's he almost hit 50 homers. <laughs> um, you know, that's how long can he keep it up? You know, who cares? You know, we got to see it. Mm. One year, we're so far so good. I mean, my gosh, to do that on both sides of the ball, you, I, I think, I think fans have a pretty, have a really good grasp of what it takes to do that. But as a former player, you see what pitchers do to get themselves ready to pitch every fifth day, yeah. and you see what position players do every given day, every single day to get themselves ready to play every day. Now you add, okay you got to go pitch and then your body's recovering. Oh, guess what? You get the DH today. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you got to get, you got to ramp it up and get ready mm. to hit. And then like, like I can see why you, if you're an angels, like front office guy or Joe Madden or a coach, you're just like, like you're like rubbing this guy down with like, you know, WD 40 and, <laughs> and, and Ben Gay to make sure he's still loose. Cause you just, you're grimacing because you lose him on the mound. That's it's devastating. You lose him. At the plate, it's devastating, but you realize how much, like, how much toll can this have on this guy's longevity of what he's trying to do. But, you know, like, I'm, I'm from the school of your MVP needs to, you know, at least be in the running for your, like, the, the playoffs or get in. Um, but, Dan, like, how do you not give it to either? To me, it's between <laughs> Vladdy and, and him. Yeah. How do you not give it to a record with, notwithstanding? You take away what Otani did. Where are the Angels? I mean, they're what are they? Right. They lose a hundred games. I think. You know what I mean, like yeah. so, hundred games have zero fans in the. Well, they already have zero fans, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I actually agree with you, and that's why I think uh, that uh, uh, the National League race. All I'm hearing about are Bryce Harper, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Turner because of what how he helped in in LA afterwards, but Bryce Harper, Soto. Tatis Jr. because of the numbers he put up. 
why not Austin Riley, who outhit all of them except for Soto in the in the in September by a wide margin? Like Harper and uh, and uh, what's his name, Tatis Jr. were dog shit yeah. when it mattered the most. I, th- it's pretty disqualifying to me that that Harper went 0 for 11 with five strikeouts in that series against yeah. the Braves. Seriously, I mean, what is it? What are we saying when we say most valuable player? You know what I mean? Maybe he was the most valuable when nobody gave a shit. But when it came time to be the most valuable, this Tatis Jr. wasn't even on the field and Harper didn't perform. Now, I could see Soto because he put up some historic numbers in September. Yeah. Like his batting average is 400. I think his on-base percentage was like 516 or some shit like that. Cool. If you want to give it to him, even though the Nationals sucked, that's a pretty historic season, uh, uh, whatever. But Riley hit like 390 down the stretch. And the Braves came from, are uh, uh, they? Well, they almost gave up the lead, but they maintained their lead, and they actually made it to the playoffs because of his performance. Yeah, that to me says MVP. Now I'm a homer, while I'm a losing, Braves fan. While losing, while losing Acuna, right? Break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he moved. He moved from like what sixth, fifth, sixth in the lineup to fourth. Yeah, and his batting average went up forty points. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, no longer did he have. And he that might support. have coincided. He st- he did get better help behind him. Yeah, a little bit. He had Duvall came over a little bit. Yeah. Rosario hit pretty well yeah. there. But either way, I don't I, care I, how much help you have. You have to do it yourself. Uh, yeah. that, that's I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I think guys that have deeper lineups definitely reap the rewards of it. But you know, uh, to me, like, like even that's like disc, like you don't. They lost their best. They lost their best player, mm. and they still made the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like somebody had to be the reason behind it. Yeah, they all they made great moves at the break, but I'm an, I love that kid Riley. I've managed against him a few times, a few years actually, and getting to coach third while he's over there was always entertaining. And you know he's a good kid. He does it right. But he's like mm. a quiet kid from Atlanta going to win the MVP. Yeah, right. That's the that well, that's that's yeah. that's the best. It depends. Part. Maybe he should go out and I mean, fucking act like an asshole somewhere, and people right. notice him. I mean, he's even like I if you, even if you ask most Braves fans, like he's not. He's like the third most, third or fourth probably most famous player on the team. Two yeah. Braves fans. I think he missed one game all season. Yeah, right. And he plays elite defense at third base, and. 300, 303, 33 home runs, 107 RBI, and 900 OPS. I think 100, I think 100 runs too, maybe. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Uh, he scored 91 runs. 91 runs, okay. Yeah, 180 hits, 33 doubles. I mean, that is a great season, but it's, it's in context, right? Juan Soto's season's probably a little bit more impressive, and if you look at wins above replacement, Tatis Jr. and Harper are probably better. Yeah. But they're at home right now. They're on the, right. golf, they're on the golf course, and he's playing fucking baseball that matters. That's got to count for something. Hurt him too. Like Dansby Swanson probably gets some votes, right? Maybe he fucking crushed it the last couple of months too. Right? I've, you ever told me he'd have hit thirty home runs? I thought you're crazy. But like, the, like you know, to do it again, that's the problem too. Is like you have two teams, two guys on the same team that put up great numbers. You can split the vote, right? You know that type of stuff. And I just don't think guys. It's it's Atlanta, and. You know, it's, it's a great city. And Atlanta's last MVP know. was Terry Pendleton in 1991, I believe, right? What? No, Freddie Freeman won last Chipper. year. Oh, Freddie. That's right, Freddie. I don't, and did, Chipper won in 99. Did he win in 99? Yeah. I thought he lost that to uh, Bagwell. Nah, he, he, be, he had, Bagwell had the better numbers, and he also made the playoffs, but Chipper, Chipper September was just out of fucking <laughs> do you remember that? Do you remember that, uh, that metacarpal shield yeah. that Bagwell started to wear after yeah. a while? Man, armor. We armored up in the late nineties. He, right? he was fully armored, like he was yeah. in like a. Well, he had to be because he was this close away from the plate. 
<laughs> yeah. Asshole. Uh, so <laughs> speaking of assholes, what was it like playing with uh, Alex Rodriguez growing up? Uh, in high school, I just saw him the other day, actually. We, had, my, we re- retired. My, my high school coach got inducted into our high school hall of fame. Oh, so cool. I saw him the other day. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it was difficult. It was t- <laughs> at high school it was fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody was the same. And I had a great group of guys that I, you know, great group that I played with. I still see all the time. And we had four guys make it to the big leagues off my high school team. Damn. Um, and had one of them, the other one that one that didn't got his number retired at university of Miami for most number, most career wins. Um, so I, and we have a really tight group and then there's Alex who just kind of went off in his own way and I get it, you know, you know, we didn't make $500 million like he did. And, um, you know, like good prime example the other night, we're all sitting there and he's sitting by himself, you know, it's just like, that's weird, on, man. And so like, is he kind of, is, as, is he kind of as robotic in real life as he seems on television? Like I, I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt because I, I, I feel like. I feel like he's been institutionalized mm. in the sense of he's been told what to say and how to say it since he was 13 years old. Yeah. Um, and, and it goes back to a lot, like a lot of, I always tend to hard on him, but I'm also stick up for him at the same time, just because, you know, until you walk in someone else's shoes, yeah, yeah, you don't really know what it's like. That's what's kind um, of impressive about Bryce Harper. Like he's, he yells more than any Mormon who's been famous since he's 13 <laughs> of, than anyone I've ever met. I mean, he's, he gets in people's faces. He fucking shouts, screams, and swears at people. Yeah. Straight up Mormon kid from, uh, from Vegas, right? That's yeah. been literally fa- – he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 15. Yeah. So, I mean, was that A-Rod kind of like uh, Harper or honestly like LeBron James type of situation? Yeah. Where- <laughs> well, I don't think he I, – I mean, even when he was a sophomore, he was tiny, mm. real skinny. Um, you know, didn't quite. He was a better basketball player than he was a baseball player. Um, and then my, because I'm a year older than him, my senior year, his junior year, he started to fill out. And you're just like, okay. And I, like I said, we were really good as a high school team, and mm. I, we all heard he was going to be this first rounder. But like the area that I grew up in, there were you know six first rounders. Right. If you just if you hit a, if you, if you played a par five, there were four first rounders in our area, you know, it's just like, that's just part of it. And so we're like, okay, you know, Alex, you know, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's really good. And I see what everybody's, you know, scouts are talking about, but like, I didn't really realize how good he was going to be until, like I said, I, I went to Florida state my freshman year and we had Link Jarrett, who's now the head mm. coach at Notre Dame. And he was like the best defensive shortstop in college baseball. Everybody kept saying he's the best fielding percentage, blah, 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 blah. And I went up there and we're catching an inter squad game and I'm on Link's team and somebody hits a ground ball up the middle and it goes to the middle and Link doesn't get it. And I remember like sitting down in between innings and being like, man, my high school shortstop catches that. Mm. <laughs> like just not thinking about the day. Well, Alex feels that no problem. Right. Like, I thought this was college. I thought guys were <laughs> supposed to get, well, you guys were supposed to be better, but no, I mean, I go back to not having a father. Um, it's not easy. Um, coach Hoffman took him under his wing and kind of like help him, but you always had to be leery of who was coming at him for what angle, for what reason. Um, you know, he's made his mistakes and he's, he's, he, he just keeps getting back up. I mean, it's funny people, it's funny what JLo can do for you, right? I mean, JLo all of a sudden now everybody loves him. 
right? He's on TV, he's on Shark Tank, he's got his own TV show. You know, it's like people forget that what five years ago they baseball banned him for a full year. Yeah, you know, but uh, cost him no, seven hundred. Right. So I mean, I, I, I and that's going to be. Uh, he can say what he wants. I know for no, that's got to gut him. The mm. fact that he'll probably never ever get in the Hall of Fame, and arguably you're talking about talent-wise, one of the top five players ever put spikes on. Yep. I mean, what he could do before all this crap started was still ridiculous. I mean, he was the reason why I think I I finally realized I could make it to the big leagues. I mean, what he hit three sixty as as a nineteen year old. Yeah, in you know, Seattle, thirty five yeah. or thirty eight homers, whatever. And I'm like, I'm not, I never said, I, I never thought in my wildest dreams I was going to hit 40 home runs or hit 360. But I was like, if Alex can hit 360, there's no doubt in my mind I can hit 300 in the big leagues. There's right. no doubt. If he's doing that at 19, like, you know, and it, it gave me, it gave me a, a sense of, because I always felt the big leagues were so far-fetched and it was like a pipe dream, you know? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see a guy that you played with since you were 15 and he's absolutely destroying it. At 19 years old, 18 years old, you're like, well, shit, if Alex can do that, I mean, I can at least be an average guy in the big league. Right. So I, I, that's, you know, that's kind of one of the things I took from that. But, um, you know, he, he was a, he was a good dude, goofy in high school. Um, you see it now and you're just like, mm, like, obviously, I was around in 07 when the Yankees, when all that hit the fan. So that was entertaining. Um, you know, that was but. You just you just sit back and you giggle at him because you as I always see the, the goofy kid that used to come to the house and with a you know purple polka dotted shirt on wanting to go to Coconut Grove to go to dinner. I'm like, no, you're not wearing that. Like, go get another shirt. Like, put on something else. You know. But so I, I mean, we'll always my group does a good job of always like we'll stick out for him mm. because we know where he came from. Um, obviously, he's done a hell of a job business wise because he's on everything, but. Uh, um, I think deep down inside, it's going to gut him that he's not going to get in the Hall of Fame. Well, speaking of uh, the Yankees, 2004 was a big year for you. Uh, baseball had only seen one come, come from behind win like that before, right? That was the first 3-0. There's been, there had been three ones. There had been three ones. So you came back from 3-0 in the, in the uh, ALCS and then went on to win Boston's first World Series in a gajillion years, however long that was. Yeah. That must have been a fun parade afterwards. I mean, it's cold as fucking Boston at fucking the end of November, right? It yeah. didn't matter. It could have been – we could have been on Alaska. Oh, yeah, sure, we could have been yeah. on the North Pole. Um, <laughs> no, I, honestly, the, the, the World Series is almost anticlimactic yeah. after, after the, the Yankee Series. I mean, it was – we joked around in the dugout. It was like, you know, game one of the World Series felt like we were playing the Tigers on a Wednesday afternoon <laughs> compared to what we were going through. Right. Uh, no, it, it like the think of we were down three nothing and then reeled off eight in a row. Um, being, I think our looking back on it now, why we weren't just emotionally drained, right, and physically gassed going into the World Series. Um, well, how did you was, feel going into Game Seven? Because I, my, I, if I had to like, guess, there's like there's no absolute, there's absolutely no chance yeah, in yeah. hell we're losing yeah. this game. And that you play differently when you know you can't lose, when you feel like you can't lose, right? You there take- was a there was one point in that game. I remember it was the first inning. Manny gets a single in the hole, mm. and and Johnny gets thrown out at home, mm. and I, Johnny got a bad jump, shitty turn at third. 
And I remember sitting next to Dave Roberts going, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> is, that the, is that the momentum shift? Is that the mistake we make right. that changes momentum? And then you just happen to look to your right and be like, oh, never mind. David's coming up. <laughs> 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 and then David hits a homer. And you're like, never mind, Dave. Just never mind. We're good. You know, we're good. We got it. You know, and then like, that was, you know, it was people like obviously a home run in the first inning of a game seven is huge, but it, it was because I think like when you're playing, you don't think of stuff like that. But I think like you, Dave and I actually caught that and we're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like, is that the, is that the, did Cinderella's shoe just fall off? I mean, you and had like, we were kind of sitting there. Oh shit. You gotta, you gotta feel good about the team you had at the time. I mean, John, we were just actually with Johnny in uh, Nashville at a charity golf thing this weekend. He's hilarious. Uh, but he had 27, some hundred hits. Manny had 2,500. David Ortiz had 2,500. Both, Both 500 of them 500 home runs. Home runs. Yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a lineup right there. No, I mean, yeah, but you, like I said, one game, you never know. And <laughs> you are, I mean, we were going up against Kevin Brown and, you know, like. That sinker know, was nasty. Uh, yeah, it was filthy. And, you know, you know Javi Vasquez comes in, whatever his name, I forget was, uh, who else? I'm trying to think who Johnny hit the home run off, the grand slam off of. Um, Anyway, so it's like you sit there and um, I I couldn't hit the guys. Probably I forgot. I always messed his name up on purpose because uh, I, I literally could never get a hit off. Da- of Damon had two home runs, uh, both, right, off, both off Javi Vasquez, I believe. Uh, Vasquez, yeah, I couldn't touch him. So I was like, Johnny, you're the best player in the world. Um, <laughs> but like, but I mean, but you just think you look back and like, I think while we were down three nothing, we were just frustrated because it was the worst three games we played all year. It really was. I mean. We played awfully in game one and still should have won. I mean, David hits a ball off the top of the left center field wall that instead of making it 7-7, seven, seven, it's 7-5 seven, and hit the top of the left center field fence. Otherwise, we were down, I think, 7 nothing in that game. We came back and made it 7-5, and David just missed hitting a game-tying home run. And we just felt like, oh, no. And then we didn't hit, and it just – we just didn't feel like we had all year. And that was, like, the most frustrating part of – of being down three nothing, we just felt like if we could just, you know, like God give us a spark because we need one. You know, We're, and then obviously David's stolen base and and like did we started playing the way we normally play? Was and there any? We just uh, never felt like we were out of it. Yeah. Right. Was Was there any? Because so you you joined that team at the trade deadline. Was there any from the holdover guys from the year before? Like, oh, fuck, not again. Because I mean, they lost pretty brutally in the yeah. 2003 ALCS. No, and that's, you know, I remember sitting and watching that series in 03, and because we were going to go, a couple of guys were going to go watch David play in the World Series because David was a huge part of our twin success. And um, we're just like, hey, man, David's going to the World Series. We're going to go watch him. And then, voila, that happened. And to think about playing on that on this team the following year, knowing they got their absolute souls ripped out at Yankee Stadium. And that was kind of the reason why I felt like I think there was a lot of calmness because by the time no one expected us to be come back to even make it a series, let alone be three, three, we're rolling in the Yankee stadium. And it's like, it just, it's and like guys were just walking around going, this is, this is how it's supposed to be. This is, this is how it was supposed to be written mm-hmm. right here. It was like, we all, and like, we joked around, like we haven't won a world series in 86 years. You think we're going to do it the conventional way? You're crazy. Like, you know, it's more memorable now, not only because we did it after not doing it for 90 years, but to do it the way we did it 
and, and the manner we did it was what makes it more special than anybody else's. How surreal was it? I mean, did you did you realize what was going on in Game Six with you know the bloody sock and all that mm. stuff? And, and oh yeah, like were you oh, guys yeah. like holy shit? Like what is he doing? Like nobody talked to Kurt. Or, <laughs> like what was? That's my favorite part about baseball is if you're a pitcher and you're doing really well, nobody will fucking talk to you. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, and but, it's it, the best part about pitching in that game is that Kurt couldn't talk because usually when he pitches, he doesn't say much. Right. <laughs> leading up to leading up to it, he just doesn't shut up. So, <laughs> but I remember walking in. I remember walking in the, the training room, and there it is. And you're like, "Oh, excuse me, I'm gonna go throw up," because that's <laughs> not supposed to happen in here. Like, I came in like for tape and some Advil, and I was like, "Get out of the training room, you pussy! You're only getting an Advil." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna get. I'm, I'm just gonna tough it out over here. I got a headache. That's no big deal. But uh, you look at that, and you're like, oh my gosh. But you, like, I think there was, you know, like, still knew what, you know, what this all meant. I mean, he kind of understood, like, and he probably felt bad that he threw game one and pitched like crap. Mm-hmm. You know, because like that's kind of was it was never brought up. But like from my perspective, it was like we have plenty of guys who could take the ball in game one you know i mean we could have anyone you pick one pedro Derek lowe right you know bronson that's- you know like we had other guys and they're not let's say that kurt wasn't the guy but like if your ankle hurts that bad and you need a few more days not that a few more days is going to make that big of a difference but like i mean if you're going to bounce him back and throw one and seven you kind of want to have we had options mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's kind of where he thought he could get it. But uh, that game six was like you, you saw like the swings and misses he was getting. The split had life. The fastball was getting by people. And you sit there and you're like, you know, as a as a teammate, you're like every pitch you're waiting, you know, for bated breath. And I remember a ground ball to Kevin. I'm like, Kevin, don't make him run over there. Like, leave him. Do not leave the dirt. Do not leave the dirt. I don't care if you have to dive. Do something, Kevin. I know it's only a ground ball. They don't bite. Just field it cleanly for once and not make the pitcher <laughs> run over to first base. So like you, just, you realize like people said it was fake and it was fake blood. And I'm like, look, man, I saw it. Like, like that's what that team, that's what made that team so great was like everybody kind of got the idea of what got the gist of what we were doing it for. And, and the fact that, you know, you think about like me, Dave Roberts, Laskanik. Orlando, like the list goes on. The guys that were brought over like midway through or halfway through at the deadline, like we had a good like idea too of baseball fans were mm. obviously playing it, but we realized what those guys went through the year before. And I, I just like a whole game seven in Yankee Stadium, we won. All I could think about was Wake and, you know, Trot and, you know, those guys that mm. were out there during that had to run off the field in that place after having the game won, you know, two or three innings earlier. They had it won. And, you know, it's a shame that not every guy on that team, like Todd Walker, played his ass off in that series, and he wasn't on the team again the next year. You know, like just there – you think about, like, yeah, you're happy for yourself, but, like, this is this is what, like, redemption's about. These guys – I mean, like, Trot and Wake didn't want to leave the field. Marabelli didn't – Dougie didn't want to leave. They didn't want to leave, which I don't blame them. You know, think one year later again, like it was fate for them to come us to come back on that field and uh, rip their heart out once. And like it was, 
I guarantee you that clubhouses were completely different. I mean, we're watching, you know, Miracle, the United States hockey team on 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 DVR, and Pedro's playing air guitar when Dream On came on, and we're screaming and hollering. And I guarantee you, you could hear a pin drop across the hall, mm. like, oh shit, here they come! And I'm like, you're damn right, here we're coming, you know. So like, we our guys knew how to be prepared and be loose at the same time. Wasn't uh, wasn't Johnny giving shots of Jack or was, was somebody? Johnny, there was there wasn't Jack. It wasn't Jack. What was it like absinthe or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, sometimes like yeah, occasionally when it's freezing cold outside, you might take a little something. You know, just to kind of warm up. Yeah, and yeah, it happens. So, well, look, Boston. It wasn't Boston winters are are very, very cold. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I mean, <laughs> honestly, you guys were pretty. Uh, that's kind of ironic. Like people are like, yeah, man, the, the Red Sox almost didn't win. Like they almost eliminated. Those are the only three games you lost in the entire postseason. Yeah, correct. Like you went correct. You went what? Uh, I can't can't do math in my head right now. Set, like eight, uh, eleven, and three over the yep. course of fourteen games. Like you were dominant. But it's just mm-hmm. funny the way it shakes out. Did you guys have that feeling going in, even though you're you were a wild card team? You were like, we're the best, we're the best team here. Because I mean, to be honest, like I, the Yankees were good then, but I think you guys, the lineups were comparable, the bullpens were comparable. Really, mm-hmm. I, you guys were, I think, had the head and shoulders rotation that was better. I mean, sure, like yeah, Pedro had a bit of really an off year for him, but that's still it's yeah. still Pedro, right? Right, and then but Schilling really was brought like, over. We didn't really focus on anybody else, to be honest with you. We didn't like we knew we had to go through who we had to go through just to, you know, to to like justify it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they they weren't going anywhere. Um it wouldn't have been the same. It would have been it, it would have been wouldn't have been the same if we had to go. I think they played Minnesota that year. Yeah. The Yankees did. Mm-hmm. And like we knew that was like <laughs> that was like a layup for them because mm-hmm. the twins that uh, always had a like a, they always. It's like their kryptonite was the, the Yankees. Mm. So I, but like we would, we wouldn't want it any other way. Like we just, we knew we were going to play them, and that was kind of. We didn't really worry about them. It was like it was like that team was very. We knew that if we took care of our own business, mm. like it didn't matter who we played. We had so much fun going to work. Which that was that's sure as shit made didn't, that, that team so great. It sure as shit didn't matter in the World Series. You guys uh, blew that up. Speaking of that, oh, in, that was we're in the playoffs. Was, we're in the playoffs now. Who do you like? Who do you think is going to win? Uh, it can change so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we want to lock you in now before the game starts. There, <laughs> I you know what? Honestly, I haven't really looked at it that hard, like mm-hmm. that much. I I've I've been coaching my son's high school team, so mm-hmm. like. I've been predominantly stuck on that, but, uh, um, do you like just mutter I, under your breath every time a guy misses a ground ball? You're like, no way, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> every time that's gotta be a lot of pressure to have a Rod's high school teammate as your fucking high school coach. <laughs> well, yeah. at least you'd be surprised. I still get my, I still get yawned in my face every day. So you'd think that would, <laughs> like, they don't, they don't believe in, they don't, they don't care what you they're like. Oh, you played. Never mind. Just keep, <laughs> or what, what video game are you on? Or like, yeah. you know, what was your walk-up song? Like, that's the question you want to ask me is what the hell my walk-up song was. Yeah, so they can do a TikTok you know? video to it. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I, I think the Dodgers, I mean, I really do. If they can get through that one game, they can get through that one game thing. Yeah. Um, that's they're brutal. I just, it's hard to argue with. I, you've played on some good teams. Scherzer. Yeah. You've played on some right. really good teams. Have you ever seen a team that deep? Even if Muncie's out now, like, I mean, that's just obscene. 
name another team that could okay you lose your you lose your ace you lose your mvp center fielder and you still win 105 games and by the way you now you have you have probably the two best shortstops in the national league and that's debatable it depends on who you ask right. okay two of the top three because Tatis played the outfield. You also okay, have so three like legit Cy Young candidates for this season, right? Correct. Like and like to me, and they they never fix their glaring weakness, which is their back end of their. Kenley Jansen, God damn! I don't know how Dodgers fans haven't murdered that guy. <laughs> like I don't know. Holy shit! It's like that's a funny thing too. Is I had I a lot of the I was a hitting coach for the Dodgers in the beginning of all of my coaching career, and I had I had the bias, their reliever. And mm. I was at, in, in the presence, I was doing a rehab, rehab my shoulder playing when I saw Jansen throw his first inning from when they moved him from behind the plate. I was mm. like, yeah, it's just a magical thing. Like me as a hitting coach, I just talk to you guys and you guys become pitchers <laughs> instead of hitters. Anymore. Did you have anything to do but with Jason Mott? No, did not. That dude threw gas. Did dude. not. Yeah. I, I, it's like, it's just, they're like the, the Yankees of the National League now. Pretty much. It's like you have you go get Trey Turner. It's like, oh well, by the way, the guy that came with him isn't bad either. Like now, you know, the Scherzer, the but then again, you know, like shame on Major League Baseball for not like how does Walker Burley go to the twentieth pick? Like that that kid's shit's electric. Yeah, he's like, it's crazy. I mean, it wasn't like a Dodgers pick it wasn't like they picked in the top five. Like I understand he's not the biggest kid, but his stuff's like like a like a video game. Well, it took like, him like so, twenty minutes to get to the major leagues too. I mean, yeah, he was like he was like twelve minutes later, and yeah. he spent eight minutes in the minor leagues, and now he's in the big leagues. I mean, I was like, well, yeah, his stuff's electric. It's scarier than the Yankees to me because it's like ninety late nineties, early two thousands Yankees combined with uh, I know you hate the Rays, but like the Rays or the A's or something like that. It's like they have the strengths of both clubs. Uh, it's it's they've had quite a bit of homegrown a, talent there in LA, quite a bit. They do a really good job of homegrown and their kids. They really do. And, uh, but they, they, they find they're, they're right. You're absolutely right. They have a combination of not only finding like Muncie, right. The A's got rid of him, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. It's like, okay. And like that guy's to me, he's probably the, it's hard to say someone's over like undervalued or overlooked, but with 36 homers. But to me, like his whole approach to the, to a, in a bat is, is multi-generational. I mean, mm. he could he could be in any generation and be successful because he doesn't swing at bad pitches. He hits the ball over the fence. He hits it where it's pitched. He drives in big runs. And it's like, but you look at, you know, so many, that team is so deep, but that depth really isn't going to matter in a one-game playoff. Right. <laughs> like depth doesn't mean nothing in a one-game playoff. Right. Yeah, so. Um, you that's... have to get into the, right. The, this is the this is the outcome that we hope for as Braves fans. To be yeah, honest. go Cardinals! As I mean, it's like it's like the battle. Of, <laughs> it's like the battle of Thermopylae. If you've got uh, three hundred dudes and you're trying to fight a million, you want to funnel them in, right? right yeah. And uh, if you can if you can reduce the Dodgers' capabilities down to one game, anything can happen in one baseball game, right? Especially with you know Wainwright going up against. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's I mean it's be... it's unlikely that Scherzer is going to hang a bunch of breaking balls and get taken deep a bunch of times. Unlikely that's it's, gonna happen. But anything can happen. It's crazy. Like it was scary though. What's scary though is that he his last start he didn't throw very well. Yeah. So that's even more that's even yep. more scary because yeah. I feel sorry for the next like he's gonna get he's gonna be have his A plus plus game next time. 
Yeah. It's gonna be, they're going to have work cut out for him. I think each of his eyes get even farther apart color-wise when he right. gets angry. It's like reverse Hulk or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's. I can't wait for this game tonight. I actually think Ivaldi's probably going to have a good game, too. He's got a good sinker. He, that, that's, one of the, that's one of the things that the Yankees have difficulty hitting, right? Low balls, and they swing at him a little yeah. bit too much when they, get, when they get wild. Like, if you had a bunch of Max Muncy, he hits 350 and has a 400 on base, or he hits 250 and has a 400 on base percentage, if that tells you anything. Correct. Right. Like, holy shit. Yeah, that you can robot. get on base. Yeah, uh, but the Yankees are certainly not like that. They strike out quite a bit. I mean, I just think that like, the, the Dodgers are built for this. Yeah, like they legitimately wear you down constantly. One of the, like, one of the, they don't have a bunch of free swingers, but if you make a mistake in the zone, they come at it. Or mm-hmm. the Yankees, I think, if yeah, the Yankees can bludgeon you to death, fifteen, sixteen to one, absolutely. Every guy on their team can hurt you, absolutely. But each guy on their team can has had times of being a very easy out too. And, um, you know, like, like the Dodgers are more apt to take what the, take what the pitcher gives them. You know, Corey Seager will go the other way. Munson mm-hmm. will go the other way. Not to say that they won't, but you know, it's a tough, it's a tough gig. It's going to be individually too, because who do you eliminate in the Yankee lineup? Whoever, you know, whoever Evaldi has the most trouble with you eliminate. Well, right. you know, okay. Now it's going to be up to the rest of them. So it's a, you know, like I said, it's. I think the just the way that the Yankees are built plays right into the hands of the Rays, and you know, I think I think the Red Sox are better built to beat the Rays than the Yankees are. Probably right. Speaking of that, uh, the Giants were a really good regular season baseball team, and if you look at that roster on paper, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be honest. Nope. So. Usually when you see teams like that, like uh, they, they don't do particularly well in, in the playoffs. But it's hard to imagine a team winning 107 games and getting bounced in the first round. But the, the Mariners did it, and, and, they're, they, won. and they won 116 yeah. games and got bounced. So, I mean, it happens sometimes. What do you think for, with, with the Giants in the, in the playoffs this year? Again, yeah, you're going to go up against, you know, you're going to go up against, yeah, they beat them in, you know, the regular season, but that doesn't matter. Mm. Um, you know. I just, I, I just, uh, unless the Dodgers are just physically tired, I don't see them, you know, you, they added just another element to their game. Like you, you mentioned all the people you mentioned on the Dodgers, and you forget, oh my gosh, that guy playing right field, the guy named Mookie Betts, yeah. he's not bad either. You know, it's like, <laughs> like that guy's really good too, you know? So, you know, they, they just, I think with the Trey Turner, just like basically, like just was an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Can they be beat? Yes, of course. But like, like you got Mookie and Trey who can go, they can play old school baseball. They can steal second, take a walk, steal second, can move them over, score on a ground ball in the infield with the infield pulled in. And then they can, you know, Seager can hit the ball out from line to line. Muncie can, I don't know how the extent of his injury, but you know, it's not a bad weapon to have when you have Albert Pujols coming off the bench to face to be in a, a, a late in the game matchup or Bellinger coming off the bench. If he decides to not to play, or if he, you know, if they're going to play him or play him or not, you know, so, you know, Justin Turner, it's like, they're just deep and experienced and they're multi. Like, I just think their team is more like they're hitting their offense is just, they're multi-dimensional. Yeah. They can beat you in a lot of ways. And I think in the playoffs, yeah, everybody wants the home run, but, you have to be able to do the little things too in the playoffs. No one wants to worry about butting the guy over or hitting behind the guy in the, in, in the regular season, right? It's all about, let's just mash somebody to death. Well, 
you're not going to mash Max Scherzer to death. You know, it's going to take, you know, being able to take what the game gives you at a certain time. And I think the Dodgers are more apt to where they can do that. I don't want to underestimate them losing Jock Peterson, though, because Jock is a clubhouse you know, guy. Yeah. Jock, Jock, yeah. Anyway, he's, but not just that, but Jock was a, when the game's on the line, yeah, the yeah. game's the, the harder, like the, the more, more weight on a game, Jock came, Jock was a October baller. Jock like Atlanta, gonna, I mean, he's really, and I had, I got to work with him. You know, when he was a young buck, and mm. you could see he had that it factor to him. When the, when the game situation got bigger, he got better, and that's maybe know, he can do that for the Braves this year. Yeah, I don't. Know I think he will s- too. Because are they going to you know, start? Not, it, I don't know. Eddie Rosario's over there too now. Yeah, I had Eddie in the minor leagues. Eddie's got that knack too. Yeah. Um. So yeah. like that the Braves hit. are like quietly, quietly in a really good spot and they don't have one of the top three players in baseball right (laughs) correct which is fucking crazy i I think anthopolis has got to win uh gm of the year here um what what about uh uh the astros white Sox? you kind of downplayed that earlier but the white Sox got a pretty damn good bullpen over there they have a good pen they have you know i I, you can't you can't go experience you know la russa he's been there a billion times you know and so is dusty so that's going to be like it's just funny how and everybody says that the game is you can't it's not old school and you can't think this well you're looking at two of the best managers to ever put yeah. shoes on and a hat on their head dusty baker's taking like four different teams to the playoffs three to, or two like, in the world series like, right both these guys have won. Give this man right it's like get this man a ring please yeah you know i i don't really want to see him do it at the astros but like you want to <laughs> talk about about a genuinely good human being and one of the best people to ever put a uniform on like have you ever heard anybody, any player, say anything bad about Dusty Baker? Not like any you player. You never hear no. that. You, ne- you never hear it. And it's like, you know, it doesn't like there's, it kind of goes back to what the game has gone to us more analytics and mm. all this other stuff. Well, look at, you're looking at two teams that made the playoffs. They're going to face each other that they were there before the analytics and they're there in the height of it. And they're still doing what they do. They're still winning baseball games and, you know, Kudos to both those guys because that's that's pretty awesome to see both those guys. You know, Larusa come back, new team playoffs. Mm. Then Dusty do it again after all the stuff that he had. They couldn't have picked a better person. Yeah, no, Dusty. Dusty is like the fucking. Hire. He's like the the duct tape and WD forty of baseball. If you've got a pretty good team, but there's personnel problems or some kind of bullshit going on there, Dusty Baker will fix it for you. <laughs> yeah. Just just give him He's, the keys and let him drive the car. It makes it, he he can't hate him. No. Old no. man wisdom, dude. It's yeah. like whenever he had a problem, it doesn't matter. That go see. He's like seriously. He's always got an answer. I, I had he and Bobby Bonds made these hitting tapes back in the fucking eighties or some shit late late eighties on VHS, and I had them <laughs> like teaching you how to hit and shit like that. I don't know why Bobby Bonds was doing that. He had fucking thirty thirty like five times. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it was like these hitting tapes. Dusty Baker dressed up in some neutral baseball uniform with. I'm like, man, this guy's a clown. And they started talking about hitting. I'm like, this guy knows everything about hitting. Shit. <laughs> I mean, dude, the mm. Astros, by the way, like that lineup is probably every bit as good. It's as nasty, the yeah. Lineup. The lineup is, yeah. yeah. Yes. But the the pitching is nowhere, no. nowhere near that. Even if they had Verlander, I don't think they still they don't have the pitching that. Yeah, um, I like McCullers, but yeah. I, it's the rest of it's a bit. That's going to be a good. I think that might be the best LDS. That might be one of the best L, it, on paper to me. It's one of the most exciting LDS matchups I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, look, the Astros and White Sox, they don't exactly have 
uh, nationwide fan bases like Nobody's LA does and shit that. like that. Yeah. yeah, LA, New York, Boston, even to some degree, the Cubs have national yeah. level yes. fucking fan bases. But do do you think it would be good for baseball? To have the Astros make it back to the World Series and play, they get maybe. beat by the Dodgers. Yeah, like a, just you know, like a sort of not too different than the Yankees Red Sox when you were there in terms of like that's how the script has to be written. Except for the Yankees didn't cheat. Well, right, but well, kind. I mean, I'm sure know, they did to some, some degree. Ju- there but... was some juice on that roster, I'm sure. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so see, I know I, I, I was going back to your point. I was thinking about when when I played for the Twins and we played the A's and. In 2002, it was mm-hmm. like Fox's worst nightmare. <laughs> they put us on like Fox Family at like 10 a.m. in the morning because no one was going to watch it. But uh, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just I just think people are still pretty ticked off about that Astros thing, mm-hmm. and it's I it's, it's pretty, and it should be to me. Everybody that got involved in that got away with it, like. <laughs> They got away scot free, except I for mean, Alex Cora players, basically getting suspended for a year. How got that, his old though? job got, back? Yeah, right. How is that? How did he, wait a minute. Him and AJ both got both got their. They, don't get me wrong. They I, got a shortened season feel, off. That's it. Right. <laughs> I don't feel like I don't feel like it's should ever be a coach's problem. Um, if the organization I think they all get it, right? You can't single out the certain people, but I mean. Carlos Deltran lost his job before he ever started it. Yeah. And then AJ and AJ and Alex get their jobs back. It's right. like, hmm. It's like, you know, you know, you go and get me started. I'm like, MLB, you know, ESPN Sunday night game of the week, right? MLB has A Rod doing commentary. It's like, wait a minute. You know, like, <laughs> hang on a second. Like, you got the only person to ever be banned from a season. Right. And now you're doing, you know, now you're doing the main broadcast. Like, come on, like, stop. Yeah. Like, don't be hip. That's hypocritical. Well, you know, look, it's like the same thing. It was, I love, I, I, I enjoy Alex. I enjoy mm-hmm. AJ. I think they do. They're phenomenal managers. But you know, there's a lot of people out there that haven't been caught cheating and who are ripe in position for manager jobs that can do just as good a job as they do. Like yourself, so, for example. You've, oh no, I'm not just. I mean, there's a lot of guys oh, like, for sure. But you're one up, of them for sure. But they put up a ton of time, and you know, like, and don't get me wrong. Do I think that AJ and and I think Alex and AJ took the blunt of a lot of stuff that, hey, once it gets to that point, and like you guys know, sometimes coaches, you can try to curtain it all you want, but if the players are having success, you're not going to, no matter what you tell them as a manager or a coach, they're going to keep doing it. <laughs> well, the difference it between goes deeper than that. Yeah, for sure. The difference between being a manager in the minor leagues or in college or in high school. It is in major and then in major league baseball is probably the difference between being a coach in football in college versus the NFL. You yeah. can talk to kids in college a certain way, and you cannot talk to them like that in the NFL, or they will fucking stop listening to what you have to say. Yeah. yeah if you mm-hmm. like start telling these baseball veterans, like if you start trying to discipline them, that shit just doesn't work. Right. It just doesn't well, work. Well, I don't. Man. I don't think it's about discipline. I just think it's about like, hey, okay, like there's a bunch of analytic guys right down mm. the, they're trying to make a name for themselves and they're sitting right here they're sitting underneath you know the and they they find a way they can kind of help well that's like their innovative right that might be their their hey they solidifies their job right well the guy has success now you're talking about the same thing you're talking about about college and pro well you're not going to tell some guy who's you know trying to make a living for his family and all of a sudden he's on the cusp of of being a 4a guy hey 
I think I can get pitches or whatever it is. What you know, what I'm saying. So like, you tell that guy who a hitter, everybody wants an advantage. Like, you're not. That's talking about difference between monies and millions of dollars and wins and losses mm-hmm. and all this stuff. It's it's just. I just feel like those guys didn't need that edge. They were already good enough to where they didn't need it. And it, don't be so blatantly stupid about it. That's the part. Like, because let's be honest, pitchers aren't the smartest people in the world. Like, when a pitcher's on the mound during a game and he can pick up a, a garbage can getting slammed together, like you've got to be smarter than that. Yeah. <laughs> or if you if you have a microphone, if you have a thing in your shirt, put an undershirt on. Yeah. Like, stop with the like. You know, don't go commando underneath your freaking jersey. They should have hired freaking microphone. FBI, on. Should have hired the FBI to put a wire on right. it or something like that. Like you don't need like there's ways that like, don't be so blatantly obvious about it. Like right. that's you know that's that's all. And like but again, I don't I don't blame. I, if you're gonna if you're gonna fire managers and coaches, they better unleash the entire organization. I don't understand why the the organizations didn't get penalized and why the players who involved didn't get penalized right. at all. I, mean, I guess the they executive didn't executive got fired. Here's Lano what, got fired yeah, that's well, true. That what they didn't want, I, this is my opinion with the collective bargaining agreement coming up. They didn't want to fucking, they didn't want to start some shit with the players association yeah. over this. Well, I don't that's think, I think. You, uh, plus and I, also you don't think like, how can you find out exactly who did and who did? Well, you had to pit player and against player, right? And that Correct. just and poisons just everything. Cause a, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's an open Pandora box you don't even want to touch. But there is an easy again, way but, to solve this, and that is to not say shit about it and let the player solve it on the field, right? That's the way you do this. If you would allow them to, like, hey, if you smash a garbage can and take one in the ear flap, guess what? You're not going to bang on a garbage can anymore. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's the honest to God, that's part of it. But this is what happens when you bring technology into the game. Mm. Everybody wants it, and it's been a great benefactor, and it's helped out a ton of people. But when you start digging farther, be careful what you wish for. Everybody thought social media was great. Well, now you got to be careful what you say on social media without getting busted. Mm. So it's like, be careful what you wish for. You're bringing this stuff into it and going back to, there's no reason. Like, how can you, if you're not going to blame the players, how can you blame the coaching staff? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, honestly, there's a lot of things that they will never admit it, but a lot of things that go on as a manager that you don't know what's going on in the clubhouse. Are you supposed to know? Yes. But at the same token, you're not, you're, you're, this is, you're, this is different between college and pro or even minor leagues and big leagues. Like these are grown men with families. I, you are doing things that like I have a billion things to do. Like I'm not, I don't know exactly what they do on a daily basis and no one ever does. Right. So expect, you know, be expected of them. Like, well, it's, it's your under your watch and da-da-da. Like, this isn't kindergarten. Yeah, Your parents yeah. didn't drop you off with a juice box. Like <laughs> these guys get to go somewhere and like, if they're going to do something, Hey, like if you find out about it, then you're stuck. I wouldn't, I don't envy those guys because if they were doing something and all of a sudden, if let's just say AJ didn't know what was going on and then you find out what are you supposed to do? Right. I mean, he, How do you, AJ's testimony to major league baseball was like, he told him to quit doing it. That's right. what he said. Exactly, but what else can you say? Yeah, I mean, like, what are you supposed to do? Stop. Like, if you if you sus- tried to suspend Jose Altuve, your MVP, how's that going to look? Like, you fuck up your clubhouse if you do that shit. Right, right, right. So it's like it's you either you either do right by, let's just say the baseball gods or with mm. a commissioner or the league, and then you lose your clubhouse. Right. So either way, you lose the effectiveness. So it's like you put the this put whether they started it or not, 
whoever started it doesn't really matter. Whoever was involved in it doesn't really matter. You couldn't stop it. It's like if you're a coach, I guess my point is if you're going to suspend coaches, you better suspend everybody mm. and players too because to leave it up to just a couple people I think was really lame. And, you know, like I said, uh, I, I am happy that that good people like AJ and Alex are managing again because I think the game needs their brains mm. in this game. But, like, it's like – at the, on one hand, they did get busted cheating. I mean, it's just like, but it's, it's, there's consequences to your actions mm. and one year, isn't it, you know? So that's kind of where, you know, but you also see the, what Alex's influence does to the Red Sox. Cause last year they were, they were horrible. Right. Yeah. He is a, and this a year very they're right good, back to where they, yep. right back to where they were before. Very good man. He's probably a better manager than he was a fucking baseball player, to be honest, which is, I mean, he was a pretty, pretty good baseball player, yeah. but. I mean, he's he he really does seem to have that clubhouse, which is interesting. I think that's what people need to understand too. When they when uh, it doesn't like the Joe Tories of the world mm. are like they're like unicorns. Mm. They're the ones that were great players and great people. Well, like Dusty Baker great and Joe Torrey are the right. only ones I could really think of, to be honest. Yeah, right. Like like I, great, I mean, like, like great players because Dusty Baker he had he had thirty thirty a couple years too. He was a good player. I mean, yeah. he wasn't like. I mean, he wasn't like it wasn't elite, Joe Torrey, but, but he yeah. was a close second behind as far as playing goes. Like the great players don't necessarily make good coaches or great mm. teachers. You know, like you, like I always joke around. I was like, I was lucky enough to play 12 years in the big leagues, but I was born to do the teaching aspect of it because right. we had to be, we had to think about things before they happened. We had to be instinctual. We had to be, we had to be thinking about every other thing going on to make ourselves better as players. And I think you start to realize that stuff. And, you know, Alex was the same way. And, you know, you know obviously the catching part, but AJ was, you know, I think AJ had a lot of hype as a player, but he never really lived up to it. So that's another aspect he can bring to. And I, I was kind of, you know, I looked at it as I've been the three hole hitter of a playoff team. And I've been the 25th guy or the 26th guy on the 25 man roster. Mm. So I know what it feels like to be everything in between. And, you know, the one thing about the Red Sox that I always, always stand out to me was me and Dave, like our jobs weren't so like our jobs weren't so tough and so huge, but everybody made us feeling like our job was just as important as the next guys. And that meant the world to us as a squad. And like, that's kind of what I've taken, you know, going forward. Like it's easy to be, you know, Johnny going good. But when you're having a tough year, when kids are used to having success, they're having a down year and you go pick those guys up because you're going to need them eventually. And you, you know what it feels like to be, you feel it when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're not playing the way you're supposed to be playing to just be, have a coach acknowledge you means the world. And I guarantee you, you know, Alex does that. It makes everybody feel like their job is important. For sure. And it's evident by the wins and losses. Yeah, for sure. Well, this has been great. Unfortunately, we got to go do some other shows today, but uh, it's always fun to talk baseball for a while. Always. It's one of my, it's my favorite sport for sure. It's when I grew up playing, grew up watching you play. So we appreciate your time today. Uh, usually uh, at the end of the show, we allow the guests the opportunity to nominate somebody for the drink and bro of the week, which is somebody that, you know, helped you on the come up, uh, you know, parents or maybe a specific coach or somebody else. Oh, definitely my dad. Yeah. 100%. Was he a baseball guy? 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pete Rose to the day he dies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we agree. We've had Pete on the show a couple of times. Yeah. Man, if you can't gamble on yourself, what can you do? Right. Jesus Christ, let that motherfucker in the Hall of Fame. I can't, can't tell you how many teachers told me to bet on myself. 
Yeah, well, four thousand two hundred fifty-six reasons why he yeah, should be in exactly. the whole thing. Yeah. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Ty Cobb tried to stab somebody and used a lot of racial slurs, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Right. But the guy bets on his own games. He did beat up a handless man in the stands. Well, that's the dude's fault for being there, and not having hands. To yep. be honest, like if you don't have hands, don't talk <laughs> shit. Right? Yeah, you can't. You're gonna get your ass kicked. I think he had no <laughs> legs too. Well, if he didn't have hands or legs, that's <laughs> even <laughs> that's four reasons. He's right? To not talk fucking shit. mouth shut. To, to a known psycho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to Ty Cobb. Everybody knew who Ty Cobb was. Yeah. He literally he pulled a 22 on an umpire because he called him out stealing a base at second base. Yeah. He's like, what the oh, fuck did you say? Way. If you didn't, if you didn't, if there weren't assholes in the world, you wouldn't know who was nice and who's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, All right, well, let's uh, let's get out of here. Appreciate we appreciate that. your time today, man. It was great uh, fucking yeah, thanks oh, a lot. Good stuff. Thanks a lot. Absolutely, guys. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.